This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this edition of Inside Supercars, we hit the skids with Cam Waters. You know, at a pretty high level in supercars, I've got to try and apply that trade to a sprint car and pick up all those little minute driving styles. And speak to the man that's guiding him in his sprint car campaign, Lindsay Trotter. He's the most determined man I've ever met. (laughs) It's dirt track action on Inside Supercars. And it starts now. Tony Whitlock has spent a very interesting night at Avalon Raceway with Cameron Waters and his chief engineer, Lindsay Trotter and found out a lot more about Cam's speedway exploits in the off-season. Fresh on a uh, coming second in the Supercars Championship, back into your sprint car again. You must love that. Yeah, well, thanks for having me back on the show and it's great to be back in the in the sprint car. Haven't done too many this season, I think four or five shows or, or nights. Um, so yeah, it's kind of starting to ramp up a little bit more now and, and got a pretty big weekend ahead of us. Um, and yeah, it's, it's great to you know be back in the spring car and, and get some seat time in, in our off-season. Just very briefly, your father drove Super Saloons, was it? Uh, so yes, Dad used to race uh, modified sedans, modified. Uh, modified production sedans. And um, yeah, I did a couple of years in, in one of those cars, won the national title, which was really cool because Dad comes so close to winning it. So um, yeah, done a bit of that, a bit of late models, and now I'm in spring cars. And of course, so you would have been age three, four, five, something like that when you first were in the pits of a... Speedway track. Yeah, I think yeah, it would have been about five or six when Dad gave it up, and around that time, I was getting old enough to get a go kart. So he pretty well, um, you know, parked his racing career, and and mine started. And um, yeah, I remember him a bit, you know, going to the speedway races and whatnot, and, and watching him. And you know, it's cool to be doing it myself. You know, what Dad used to do, and and um, yeah, still doing it now. Indeed. Okay. Now, um, as we all know. Uh, you've been doing this for about three years, um, and it seemed like a big jump when you went into it to start with. I can remember talking to you at a, at a race meeting, uh, a, a bitumen race meeting um, at the time, and, and you sort of said it was a bit of a shock, but you've now acclimatised over those seasons yeah. and obviously enjoy it enormously. Tell us what the big impact is on your supercars driving, doing sprint cars. Um, well, I think initially when I got in it, it was so different to drive. It was kind of like starting again, and I really liked that because it, it made me think about it quite a lot. And um, you know, those points where it all felt normal, and you know, you know how how you have to drive the car, but it was 
for me because I'm you know at a pretty high level in supercars. I've got to try and apply that trade to a, a sprint car and pick up all those little um, minute driving styles. So for me, it was a challenge. And um, you know now that I'm starting to master it a bit more, it's um, it's definitely helped me for the supercar stuff because I've got a, a whole new skill set. Um, and it's made me think a lot differently about you know certain times in a race car at certain points what you might do um, you know different you're making decisions and quickly because everything happens so fast in a sprint car um, you have to be smooth where it's really hard to be smooth in a sprint car because they're so violent so all these little things um, can translate into a supercar um, so yeah some people may think that you know, it's so different that they they don't carry over, but you know, there's always something that will carry over. One of the things that seems very obvious in driving these cars is because you're driving 600 odd kilos uh, with 600 horsepower. That's around about Formula One sort of acceleration and things like that. But you have to be on from the very second the engine started because it's. I mean, the whole way in which the process racing is so different. Yeah, you push started. Yeah. You know, there's no standing starts, it's all rolling. So it's a very, very different world you live in. It's a very raw form of motorsport. You know, the cars haven't really evolved that much over the last 20 years. Um, just they keep getting more and more horsepower. So, you know, they're up to 900 horsepower now, and I think they're 690 kilos. So it's crazy the power to weight that they've got, and, you know, they get to that top speed at the end of the straight so fast. Um, and over, you know, a four, 500 meter circuit you're doing 10 seconds a lap which is you know very fast so um it's good good for the mind to be you know doing something different and getting there out of your comfort zone and um makes you think differently indeed um so tell me when you're engineering the car i mean you know you obviously have a great deal of success in supercars um and you've been in the top three in the championship the last two or three years um, in a highly competitive series this is just as competitive, and but you're looking for even smaller fractions of seconds, aren't you? Yeah, you are. Just the lap's so short, so you don't need to find a lot of time to go, you know, from one end of the field to the other. Um, the challenge at a, a speedway event is the track. It changes so much across the night, from you know really slippery to super grippy and grippier than an asphalt track, to then slick, and then it kind of goes rubber down and gets your grip back. So goes through these four cycles through a night which requires different things from the car so you you know same thing you need to have a really good relationship with your crew chief no different to supercars with your engineer to be on top of track changes um and then you know parking that aside it's just you know general car setup stuff as well so it's taken me a fair bit to also pick up that kind of stuff with the spring car you know what change you might do at a certain point um and building that kind of database for me uh, when I come in I say you know I think it's doing this and uh, for me I'd do this change and then relaying that with your crew chief and getting that rapport going you know it takes time and um, yeah it's, it's cool that I'm, I'm starting to pick it all up now and um, kind of starting to think about how I can you know add a few of the supercar influences on the on the sprint car now. One of the things of course the tyres are so important because all four tyres are really quite different on these cars yep. compared to the other ones where mandatory but compulsory they're the same so tyre stagger and all these types of things are something that you've had to learn in that time yeah so I guess the tyres are a massive thing with the stagger um, I'm not completely new to it because I've done other speedway classes yep. which, which require a similar thing 
just not to the same level as a, as a sprint car. So um, that's definitely something that I've had to pick up on. Um, in some ways, these are a lot more basic than a, a supercar. You know, you don't have roll bars, you, you don't have all that stuff, but then your wing moves, um, the tyre stagger stuff is, is a lot different. Um, yeah, so there's things which make these cars easier and simpler, but then there's things that also complicate them. And there's no radio in the cars, because um, you haven't got time to actually relay any information. Yeah. Um, so it's what you've got is what you've got to race. Yeah, as soon as you push off, you're on, on your own. So it's, it's cool like that. Um, we do have a one-way radio just back to the steward. So, you know, in a race, if a red comes out, he says it, or running running orders and stuff like that. So that's good, but he doesn't talk in the race at all. So, um, yeah, it's a very different world. Yeah. When you get back into your supercar, are there things that you sort of remember this back, you know, you'd like from your sprint car to be in the supercar sort of thing, or...? Uh, maybe just the motor. The motor out of a sprint car would be nice in the supercar. Um, yeah, I'll definitely get a few more race wins, but um, they're just very different forms of racing. You know, there's there's things which happen in a supercar which people bang on about. You know, it's like the aero wash and and that, and it's it's perceived to be this real bad thing. But in a sprint car, it's the same. We get aero wash, but we're not about to take the wings off it. You just deal with it, and that's part of the racing and the class. Um, so there's things which, you know, yeah, brings to a new, um, I guess, view on, on certain issues, um, which is good, but, um, yeah, I'm enjoying the challenge and just, you know, a completely different paddock to okay. the supercar. When were you last in this car? Um, it would have been two weeks, two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, so now you've, got, title. now you've got five nights in a row, which, four, four nights in a row, yeah. which must feel very different. Um, you know, when you've got those consecutive nights. Yeah, so I found whenever I've, it's been like a two-night show, um, the second night is always a lot better for us because I don't do it so so yes. often or as much well, as everyone yes. else. Some of these guys have been it doing takes, it 20 years. It takes yeah. me a, a night to work out what's going on and by the yeah. final it's all over. So the next night I'm like, I'm a lot sharper. So I'm pretty excited to be able to do, we're doing the two nights and then we get a night off and then we've got another two nights obviously in the Classic. So, um, yeah, really excited just to be in the car, you know, for a lot and um, a lot of seat time and I think it should help me, I hope. Okay. And the relationship, Colin McQuinn, you've, you've had a relationship with him for some years. Yeah, so Colin sponsored me back in 2015, um, just as a personal sponsor. He was sponsoring Chaz as a personal sponsor at the same time and then we teamed up together, Chaz and I, and, and Colin wanted to do a deal with me. and. Had a really great relationship with him since, and um, yeah, it just kind of progressed and progressed. And then I think it was you know, three or four years ago, we sat on the hill here at Avalon, and I thought this would be pretty cool to to have a crack at one of these. And you know, 12 months later, we were in the pits and not on the hill. So it's um, it's been a really cool journey to to be able to do it with you know Colin and, and the whole McQuinn family. All right, Cam. Well, Cam Waters, we we'll look forward to catching up over the next few nights and. Look forward to seeing you having more success here. What's up, mate? Thanks for having me. The night was looking good from Cam Waters after a very successful qualifying campaign. Qualified second um, in time trials, which put us out of third for the first heat. So you invert the top four. Um, ran third, we're up to second, lost a spot towards the end, made a little mistake. So, um, yeah, it's now straight into the A's. For us, we're straight into the A and there's no more heats. So, um, just keeping an eye on the track now and 
try and get the car in a sweet spot for whatever the, the track is. And what's the actual thing that the track's needing? What do you, what's the car going to have? Um, so the track's a lot different to normal. Normally across a night it'll get drier and it'll get slipperier and slower. Where tonight, because I had so much rain here, it's actually getting more and more moisture coming out of it. So it's kind of getting faster, <laughs> which is a bit backwards. So um, we're just keeping an eye on it and you know, make sure it doesn't slick off and, and go slippery. If it, that happens, we're going to change a, a bit of stuff. But until then, I think we're in a bit of a sweet spot. Okay, and what about in terms of engine power? I mean, you, you just... Um, yeah, so we would use all 900 of it at the moment because the track's really fast. Um, it's only when it goes slick later, if it, the track goes dry, is when you would probably use quarter throttle or half throttle max. So, um, yeah, still using all the all the power it's, it's got. Okay, and tyre-wise, is it a complete new set you have? or? No, but, well, when the track's got a bit of moisture in it and, and it's not dry, it's actually quite kind on tyres, so I don't even think we've taken the dimples off the tyres tonight, which is oh, okay. which is good because, um, yeah, we're not tearing up too much cash, so... That's, yeah, when it, when it goes slick, you tear up tyres pretty quick. Okay. And, of course, Mount Gambier is not as hard on tyres as here, though, is it? Um, Mount Gambier, I haven't been there for a while, but it's all about, you know, if it goes dry or not. And if it goes dry and then goes rubber on, on it, it just tears tyres up. So it really depends on how, you know, the track crew has prepped the track and if there's a lot of moisture in it or not. The man guiding Cam Waters is Lindsay Trotter, who has a wealth of experience on oval track racing in Australia. Uh, my introduction into dirt racing was back in 92 in a slower class and uh, kept on um, striving to go forward and oh, eventually I could afford a sprint car and race three seasons and that was about my budget. And um, But I've crewed with a few really good guys. We won... Um, Australian 360 All-Stars with Brad Foster and um, Tim Van Ginnigan. I did five years with Tim and um, we won up at Darwin. And um, So, yeah, I guess experience counts for a lot, but you never stop learning. <laughs> no, indeed not. Now, you were telling me before you actually raced a 410 in America, in Missouri. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was lucky enough. Uh, Brad had bought the 410. We'd mainly did, done uh, 360 racing and... Uh, Oh, as soon as he said it was 900 horsepower, I got excited and thought I'd better race that before I die. And um, so I got to race, and um, and I was so relaxed doing an extremely hot night, dry track, and um, I just missed the transfer by one. And um, but it was an experience I'll never forget. And uh, yeah, it was. And as a cool. 14, 410 cubic inch engine, um, fuel injected, a car that weighs only 1400 odd pounds. Yep. 900 horsepower. Yep. Exhilarating to say the least. Yeah, but the throttle is like an eggshell. You just have to be gentle on it, and um, and you don't seesaw on the steering wheel and all that. It's uh, it's just the better you got the car set up, really, the less you have to drive it. It just drives itself, and um, they look they look angry and everything else. I think, um, and uh, probably end up being a good coach now. <laughs> but um, it's it just slow everything down in your mind, and uh, it becomes easier. One of the things that seemed obvious watching guys like McFadden and Tatnell and Cam was the smoothness. So coming out of four, how smooth their cars were compared to some of them around them. They were like bucking Broncos, some of the other cars, but they were very smooth. Yeah, it's that style of track too tonight, unfortunately. But I think um, the smoother you can be, the faster you'll be. And I'm always on Cam's back about chopping at the wheel and all sorts of stuff. But... Um, you know, to his credit, he's uh, he's he's a top racer and um, great to work with.
He's a very persistent young man. I mean, he oh, doesn't give up. He's the most determined man I've ever met. <laughs> oh, that's, that's yeah. some yeah. accolades. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about now, you, you've come through hot laps, through time trials, yep. and then you qualified in second place in the, in the group of four, get inverted, finish, start and finish third. And so then you're sitting in a situation where you're now in the A main. Well, yeah, and we got to second in the heat race, and, and had had we been able to stay in, if we had been able to uh, sit um, in second and finish second, we probably would have been another half a dozen spots up the grid. But um, because we lost a spot back to third, we're starting out of 12. So it's so critical on the points. There's so many top cars here too. Um, but, you know, straight into the A main is a great thing. And um, if we can, um, I'm going to tell him to watch out for the carnage in front. That's what I'm going to tell him to start off with because there's going to be lots. And if we can avoid all those accidents until there's 10 to go, then we'll be, we'll, we'll be sitting pretty. Okay. So. Now, changing the car as you have through the different sessions as the track changes, yep. what have you had to actually do physically to it? Um, yeah, we, you try to get the car to just handle the ruts and bumps nicely. And um, we haven't got it quite right yet, but... Um, um, Is that shocks and springs? Uh, shocks and springs, yeah. We softened the back and, um, and put a bit more compression in the shocks and uh, a little bit more rebound on the left side and um, things like that. Just try to calm the car down. And it looks smoother too. If it, He might drive it a bit smoother, but if the shocks and springs were all working as they should, the car will look smoother. So it's all relevant. Cam mentioned that you haven't actually had to use tyres at all. No. Because you're barely wearing them out, sort of thing. Correct. Do you mess around with tyre pressures much? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tyre pressure, mainly on the right rear. He's, um, you know, as high as 10. Because you're leaning on it. That's right. That's yeah. right. And you need to train the car to handle the ruts and bumps nice. Okay. And uh, if we can do that and Cam can handle it, well, then we'll go forward. You don't have anything like minimum pressures or anything like that. You can do what you want with tyres. Exa yeah, we can do anything. Yep, yeah. yep. There usually, there usually is a tyre rule... Um, maybe some series might have a particular brand tyre that you have to use, but the tyre shortage has been so bad of late that they just had to open that up. So uh, we're not really restricted. Is that imports problem, getting them in? Oh, the I think there's shortage of nylon and, you know, oh, okay. and we're not a real big market. Yeah. We're not a real big market compared to the US either. So, um, you know, it's all relevant to that. And the price of tyres is through the roof. So we're trying to... Guys are actually using tyres for one night and then selling them for half as much as they bought them for. So it's, you know, so we've got a... I've been saving a lot of, a lot of them because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be short, you know. So. Um, and you've got a different chassis to most of us are using. Oh, no, there's quite a few using a triple X, but um, we went to triple X and this is our fifth show with it. Um, we've almost got qualifying down pat. Um, we seem to get that right. Um, I think it's more laps that Cam needs in the in the bunch of people, and we just you know if we get the car right, I, I'm sure we'll go forward. But um, we sort of got a handle on it. Yeah, it hadn't been too bad. All right. Well, thanks, Lindsay Trotter. We'll come back later on and talk after the next race. Yeah. Well, let's hope we go forward in it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> For Waters and Trotters, things didn't go the way they had hoped in the A main, as they explained to Tony later in the evening. I'm here with Cam Waters and crew chief Lindsay Trotter, and it's post uh, the A main, and unfortunately it didn't go as planned, hoped, wanted, but that's the way sprint cars are. And uh, tell us, uh, Cam, what from your point of view you were racing, and you weren't making the progress you were hoping to. Uh, 
No, we um, started out at 12, I think, and um, yeah, first few laps it was going all right, and then um, the track just was a lot faster and a lot more hooky than we probably thought, and um, yeah, just really struggled with a bit, you know, a bit of push and and um, yeah, went backwards a bit, and we just decided to call it and uh, save the car for tomorrow night. Okay, uh, now Lindsay, you, you made a decision because it's you know night one of a four or five nights of racing yep. and at Gambia tomorrow night. You made a decision to jam pull in. Yep, for sure. I don't think we get those sort of rough and ready sort of hooked up tracks too often, especially this time of the year. And uh, and realistically, it's not good racing when it's single line and and uh, everybody's bouncing around hoping to make it through to the, to the final checkered flag without tearing stuff up. And I really think it's, it's not racing at all. Um, we go tomorrow night to where there's a masterclass um, track curator and, uh, and the racing will be totally different. There'll be two lines and, and uh, you know, guys really know what they're doing. Okay. So I believe we should support those tracks more. Yep, all right. Um, now, of course, not everything on the car has got a, a, a lifespan that's unlimited, but so the engine, uh, you'll keep this one in for tomorrow night, you give it a, a refresh, so to speak? Uh, well, we just do the normal maintenance. Um, we'll drop the oil out of it now, uh, check the valve springs again, and uh, just keep a watch on it. Um, you get about 25 nights out of um, this type of engine and uh, before they need to freshen up. Um, yeah, so we just keep a watch on it. If there's anything going wrong with it, we uh, get back onto the engine guru, Kenny Mack, and um, let him decide what we should do with it. Now, as uh, someone who's a sprint car novice, one of the things that's quite disconcerting is to see those puffs of smoke. But you put a lot of fuel through them, don't you? Ah, uh, we do. Yep, yep. A lot of fuel is um, probably, I uh, wouldn't quite be a gallon a lap, but it's a lot of fuel. And um, the puffs of smoke are normally because they're a little overfilled um, or the engine temperature is not up enough. And uh, it doesn't take much for it to breathe out. And uh, we put another little bit back in after it breathed earlier and, um, you know, no problem. Yeah. Um, and Cam, I mean, this is all part of your education of a sprint car driver and you've been doing it for now three years. Yeah. But you still compared to some of the guys around you. I mean, you're only in just the beginning class, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm still pretty new to the whole sprint car scene compared to a lot of the other guys. And, um, you know, those top guys have been racing for years and, you know, Brad Sweet's won four World of Outlaw Championships and I've only been racing for three years, so... <laughs> and that's, shows, Brad, and sorry, Brad Sweet does about 90 to 100 shows a year. Yeah. And yeah. we're lucky to do 15. Yeah, <laughs> so um, still got a lot of learning to do and, and whatnot, but we're happy with the progression that we've made. And, um, you know, we started the team from, from nothing and... Um, you know, we've built it up into a pretty cool little team now and we're all working really well together and, um, you know, even just to make the A tonight is, is still pretty cool. Um, you know, we may not be happy with how we went, but, um, yeah, we can't be too disheartened. We're up against some really good guys and we'll, um, we'll give them a lot over the next few nights, I'm sure. Indeed. Oh, well, I'm sure that everyone all there, out there listening will be following you and we'll look forward to catching up with you on Friday night down at Warnable and, uh, hearing how, how Mad Gambia went for you both. Yeah, perfect. Cool. Thank you. Thank you very much, Cam Waters, Lindsay Trotter. Well, it wasn't Cam Waters' night at Avalon on Wednesday night, but it was Ian Madsen's. He took the victory in the 2023 President's Cup, his first appearance, and 
his first victory. Second place went to Jamie Veal and third place went to a man we'll hear more from on Inside Motorsport and Inside Speedway this week, James McFadden. We'll also be covering the 50th Classic on Inside Speedway and Inside Motorsport, so I recommend you check out both those programs throughout the coming week. That's all we have time for on this edition of Inside Supercars. I hope you enjoyed a night at the skids. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. Have paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.